at the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. And welcome to episode 54 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, Minicomic, Golden Books, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power logo. I'm Matthew Dooch, here again with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how we doing today? You just can't get rid of me. Every episode, it's here with Sean Scavarna. Here I am. I'm back again. I don't know why. Yes, he's it's like Indiana Jones once said, I'm like a, lo- I'm like a bad penny. I just turn yes, up. he's back. <laughs> back again. Scavarna's back. Back again. Tell a friend. <laughs> Tell a friend. <laughs> oh. On three hours sleep and a lot of caffeine. I almost said cocaine. That shows you where my mind is at this it point. No, don't do cocaine. None. Just do coke. I got coke right here. That's all you do. Coke. But anyway. But anyway. Plenty of Coca-Cola. <laughs> all right, guys. We're, we're happy to be back again. Um, mm-hmm. Quick rundown. Stay tuned. We have a live episode coming up this Saturday, February 6th. Don't miss it. It's going to be amazing. Great prizes. Details are coming towards the end of the episode, so stay tuned. We're also going to get to the listener questions that we missed last time uh, at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for all that. But first off, hit it, madam. No, no, under, under, no, around. Dearie my. Oh, we must work on these landings. I agree. Madam Raz, are you all right? Oh, dearie my, yes. But there was something important I had to tell you. Now, what was that again? The news, madam. The news. It's time for the news. So, Sean, t- tell us what we got. Well, we're going to talk about thunder. 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 My voice is too high. Anyway, uh, yeah, Thundercats. Uh, we have Super 7. Now, the, after their post-Snake Mountain is now going to be the Thunder Tank, which the initial couple of images were released uh, at the end of the week. And uh, Pixel Dan uh, did an interview with Brian Flynn, and uh, they discussed many things in that video, some of which I don't remember because it had to do with the toy industry. Um, but 
it was it basically talking about, you know, Super 7 is now going in that direction with uh, making this obviously one of the more iconic vehicles from the series, and that's their next big move. And uh, pretty interesting. I, I honestly didn't even see that coming from a mile away because I haven't been following the Thundercats toy line. Yeah. Uh, they but, they um, teased it pretty heavily over the last couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And from what I understand, the the horsemen have worked on it. Um, you got a big old Thunder Tank. Those are classics. Mm-hmm. Thundercats figures on there. Said there's room for all six Thundercats. Yeah, he in the video he opened up the back. There's four seats in the back, plus the laser, like you're showing right there, and uh, it seats two in the front, just like it did on the show which is pretty cool. And then it comes with, they have, uh, you could have an open top in the front. You could have a clear top in the front. You could have the shielded top in the front. Um, and what was funny to me is one arm of the new Thunder Tank is as long as the original Thunder Tank from LJN yeah. back in the yeah, 80s. you can see they got the, the LJN so, one right there. Yeah, it really gives you a hint at the size of this. I think he said it was... 27 inches long yeah. by I think it was 11 or 12 inches wide and nine inches uh, deep. And uh, it, you're going to fit four figures in the back without any problem. According to the video, um, the, the laser can be moved in and out. The, the claws on the front actually uh, move up and down like the original and the lasers are underneath it. Um, there's a laser in the front that wasn't on the original Thunder Tank. Yeah, the one that pops um, up in the middle there. Yeah, the one in the middle. Uh, and and that supposedly is going to be available. It'll be uh, shipped probably the beginning of 2022, he was saying. That's, that sounds about right. So, yeah, he said it takes about a year right. production-wise for everything they work on. Yes, and they're and they're not making these up ahead of time. They're not, uh, you know, they they've got everything ready to go, but they're not going to pull the trigger until they actually hit whatever number they need to. Mm-hmm. And then there's the price tag: four hundred and fifty dollars plus shipping, which mm-hmm. we know Super Seven shipping does not run cheap. Um, at all, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I, 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 and it's it's a shame because it is a beautiful looking Thunder Tank. It looks insanely accurate. It's gorgeous sized, but I, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Snake Mountain was five hundred and ninety nine dollars. Thunder Tank, four fifty. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a year or so apart, probably clo- you know, probably closer to two years. What with the whole manufacturing process, Snake Mountain took a really long time to get out there. But for me, it is hard to believe that the cost of manufacturing has gone up that much in the past year. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing: uh, watching the video, I, I will say this to start off. Anything I'm going to say is. 
Anytime I I've always heard the the vitriol online about Super Seven. There's a lot of people who are not the biggest fans. I've always been a middle of the road person. I, it depends what they do where I start having an opinion. Like when they when Mattel gave the license to Masters over to them and they made the Ultimates line of the first five figures, I was head over heels about Super Seven because I love the packaging. I love that they went for every possible thing that you could think of on those figures with the exception of like the battle armor, which would have made it ridiculous to package those figures for He-Man, Skeletor, and and Faker. And I was like, every other thing, you're getting a new head for Faker that wasn't released up until that point. And all this, you know, and and the different uh, hairstyles on Tila and stuff, the different hair colors. Um, so I was all about it, and then and then once they got into the classics line, I'm like, uh, some of these aren't working the way that the other classics from Mattel felt, and so I, you know, there's that waffling, and then I got into the Ultimates on Ninja Turtles, and I'm actually really happy with what they've done there. Um, and and I will say, every time I watch a video where Brian Flynn talks. He's like Svengali <laughs> to me. Like every damn time, it's like if you if you have anything that you're frustrated with about that company, if I see a video about him, it's like the tone of his voice and his manner soothes your wounds to the point where at the end you're like, I, I love you, Brian. This works. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like listening to the video he did with Pixel Dan, he was talking about the fact that if you do a playset, a playset is it's tooled and it's usually the the uh, exterior and then maybe like a level or two on the inside and yeah. there's not as much tooling to deal with on a play set but on a vehicle with all the moving parts all the different little areas and he said the way the tooling is set up it's like you have to tool the in it because you're doing an interior and the exterior you're doing it twice which is twice the amount of a tooling budget compared to the uh play set which is why the the price is now leaning into more of a play set like like a snake mountain versus you know doing a two hundred dollar thunder tank or whatever and another thing they actually said on there because i wasn't involved on uh what, what is it, uh hasbro pulse when they did the the razor crest from the mandalorian oh, the razor crest, i didn't really they've done java sail barge they've done two yes and it I did not realize the Razor Crest on there was 350 until he, they were talking about it in the video and I'm like, "Oh." So then when I heard that I'm like, "Well, that that now all of a sudden it doesn't feel so far of a stretch to go 450 for something that is as big as the Thunder Tank is going to be." For me at least. I now here's right. the question though for you and 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 uh I'll I'll throw my answer out there. You and I are probably not the audience it's catering towards, though. I, I personally don't plan to buy it. I haven't gotten any of the Thundercats figures at all. And uh, how much does it mean to you at this point, I guess? <laughs> uh, honestly, it, it doesn't. I don't collect the Thundercats Ultimates. Um, so, but I want Thundercats fans to have, you know, to have nice things. And, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and you know we're we're all playing devil's advocate here, but like the the Java sail barge, you know that was five hundred dollars uh, when it went up mm-hmm. on Hasbro Pulse, and that's that's a lot bigger. It's got and it's got the interior, it's got the exterior. You know, it's not even like a shell. That is that one was forty nine 
and a third inches long, uh, about 15 inches wide, 17 inches tall. And that mm-hmm. was that was 500. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it's not out of the ballpark. Um, and I and I agree. Brian is one of those guys who, and I did not get a chance to watch the video. Um, it is an hour long. I'm like, good lord, guys, let's get bullet points here. Some of us got well, lives. Well, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, when when uh, for for our listeners, <laughs> when when Matt said over the link to the video, he goes, maybe you could skim it because he he figured you know that is a time investment, yeah. but they went over a decent amount of stuff on there. Like one of the one of the reasons that the price is what it is, according to him, as well, is a lot of the different kind of. Um, plastics that they're trying to use overseas is now being allocated to PPE wear and things like that because of the pandemic. So it is getting harder to get your hands on some of these materials they need to create the the stuff that we love. Yeah. So, so there, there is like certain drawbacks to creating a toy now versus what it was to create a toy, you know, in the last few years because of what's happening in the world. And, and uh, there was something else I was going to say about it. Like he he was going over like the different things of well here's this and here's that and these are certain things. And the other, oh one one other one real quick was it, it, the Star Wars community is a heck of a lot bigger than well, a lot of other communities with a fan. That's what I was so, trying to build to with the sail barge thing. Yeah, sail barge yeah. needed five thousand backers. Yeah, I highly doubt that Super Seven is going to get. 5,000 Thunder Tanks made. So, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm sure they doubt that they're going to get 5,000 Thunder Tanks made. So, mm-hmm. right off the bat, they will have to factor in a lower, a lower unit, which is going to result yeah. in a higher cost per unit. That's exactly. I know, guys, I'm waffling back and forth because, again, I don't have any skin in the game, really, because I'm this is not something for me. But, yes, there are plenty of reasons why why it is the price it is. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't I don't think it'll get that. It's not going to get that Star Wars level of backing. Of course, it's not. Nothing. Will. Masters mm-hmm. doesn't. You know, there's so many lines that don't get that Star Wars backing. And um, so that you got that right off the bat, because. Even if they're selling, I honestly, Thundercats. I'd be surprised if they're selling five thousand of each Thundercat for the the figures they're putting out. And then you got to figure yeah. with a high price playset slash vehicle. Um, there, I mean, I think they'd be lucky to get half of that. Honestly, he he brought that up. Um, you know, like he'll have people come to him and say. I'm in this group and 350 people in that group like Thundercats. And he's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean 350 people in the group are going to spend $450 on this product, you know, like, and that's still only 350. Hasbro needed 5,000. Yeah. You know, now, yeah. And maybe he commented on this, but I'll throw it out there. I think these companies need to stop playing their games and do just what Hasbro does and go, here's the number. Hit it, guys! Mm-hmm. Instead of doing like this, the old Maddie collector kind of Maddie too. collector, and even the Snake Mountain, like uh, they did, like an update, like oh yeah, we're close, but they never said yeah. like, hey, we need two thousand units to go into production. We need five thousand units to go into production. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think if people can see an actual number, because a percentage can mean anything. Like, oh, mm-hmm. we have 10% left to go. Okay, but it's 10% of 100,000. Or it's 10% mm-hmm. of 1,000. Like, that, those are two very different 10%. You know, and I, I think the time has come for these companies just to go, just to lay it on the table. Like, and that's one thing I give Hasbro credit for with Pulse. They have been doing it. They've been going, here's what you're going to get. Here's what it's going to cost you. Here's how many people we need to back it. Here you go, yeah. guys. Do you want it or not? Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that. And I think the I, my guess I don't I don't have any insight into the Super Seven business model at all. But my guess is they don't want to reveal those numbers because you're going to see how low it is of yeah. a of a run they're going to try to do, and then that only turns it into well they're only going to make so many anyway. So why would I bother? You know, or or something along those lines because you got to also figure. You know, if if it comes in and there's a defect, then it's like, well, that's eating into that number anyway or whatever. I don't I don't know how they rig it all up and all that stuff. But honestly, like if if I was a collector that that was collecting Thundercats, number one, it's a great time to be that person because they are it's like the line the line is alive again versus when Maddie was doing it. It was, oh, we're shutting the coffin lid on this. That's all you're ever going to get. And now they're worried about wave five, yeah. he said in the video. Like, they haven't However, even gotten two yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Two is – he said that every, because – he said that there were some issues because of the international sure. thing on that with the pandemic. pandemic so they're tariffs. they're having their own – Sure, there's a whole, lot, there's yes, a whole checklist all you can stuff. take from. You know, we hear it every exactly. day. Exactly. So and and uh, he said, you know, that wave three is already out there, wave four, and then he's like, well, wave five's waiting, but we're we're going to do Thunder Tank next instead, and then we'll deal with wave five and all that. Well, and um, that's what I was wondering. It's like I know they had this whole big thing where they did like a whole week of reveals, but to me, mm-hmm. I, I think I would have waited on this Thunder Tank. I mean, the timing of it is just, um. Uh, you know, at least get Wave 2 out. I mean, Wave mm-hmm. 2 went up for pre-order in December of 2019. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> and I get everything mm-hmm. that happened in the world, and we're not we're not blind to it. But, I mean, it's been over a year since you've taken pre-orders for Wave 2, and you have yet to get them into customers' hands, and now you want them to pony up for a vehicle on top yeah. of the three other Waves that they haven't gotten yet. And that's that's pretty rough timing based on everything. Because he, he even said in the video, uh, Pixel Dan was like, well, you know, Wave 2, where is that versus everything else? Because we're already doing pre-orders for other waves. And it's like, well, and he, he said what probably is going to happen is Wave 3 and Wave 4 will hit faster. Wave 2 will come out right. eventually. And, and it'll probably all just snowball downhill with this. Then it's like, okay, and then on top of that, then there's the 450 for this if you want that. And it's like, yeah, the the actual domino effect of this is kind of nuts if you're enjoying this line and ha- and wanting to get in because it's a two-month uh, window. Yeah, they did. There is a there payment is a nice plan. There's a window. There's a um, payment plan. Absolutely. But but yeah, the fact that these things, if you're, if you're not ordering them straight through Super 7, you're doing Big Bad Toy Store, for instance – if this stuff is hitting one after the other, your bank account is going to be like, you know, blowing dust mm-hmm. at this point, you know, coughing up dust because 
Uh, just the other night, I got my thing for uh, Ultimates Leonardo and Ultimate Shredder, yeah, me too. and I was a little like, I didn't expect that to hit then because it wasn't even February yet. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm I'm getting hit with these things, and it, imagine getting all of it. You know, well, imagine getting the whole wave and the next wave, and the, and then it's like, and then 450. <laughs> and, and I get so yeah, and I get why Big Bad Toy Store and Entertainment Earth don't take payments up front because they don't want to worry about having to potentially refund if something were to happen but sure. it'd be nice if it was at least an option because i was going to bring that up too a lot of people order the pre-order this stuff you know no money down and then yeah yeah when the and and they're and honestly i'm not even faulting the collector who buys it because you're ordering this going okay well this is coming in july this is coming in october this is coming in december you know, you're like, okay, yeah. I'm good with that. And that, but yeah. then all of a sudden with the delays, it's like, oh, now this is coming February, March, April. It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. You to wait, huh? Um, yeah, yeah. Did not budget for that. <laughs> I budgeted for, you know, by the end of the year, this is coming out or whatever. And yeah, yeah it's, so it's, it's odd timing. It's a high price point. The more I think about it, the price point probably is accurate. You know, it's honestly, it, it probably is. Um, and the, but the bottom line of it to me is, like you said, if you're a Thundercats fan, you know, this is probably the best you're going to get. And that's coming mm-hmm. from somebody who think. I mean, I think Masters of the Universe peaked with classics. Like, classics is the best line we will ever get. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be some good ones still to come. But classics was the best. Yeah, I'm, we're never going to yep. see that that character selection, the play sets, the vehicles, you know, in the six-inch scale. We will never see mm-hmm. that again. With the rising cost of goods, everything else, I guarantee you everything does. I wouldn't be surprised if down the road all toy lines are three and three quarters. Uh, with the rising cost of plastic and packaging and everything else, it would not surprise me at all. Uh, so, I mean, I don't want to just say suck it up and take it, but if you are a Thundercats fan who has, who loves these Ultimates figures and have always wanted a Thunder Tank in this detail and in this scale, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you have any cha- choice but to go for it, right? I mean... <laughs> uh, honestly, the only other... Th- I, did they make one for the 20, uh, 2010 they, they show? One for the I, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I don't remember. I I had the LJN one when I was a kid. I remember I got that for a birthday present one year, and that was that was really cool because I actually enjoyed that vehicle. Yeah. It, it was a fun, but you know, pop it down and boom, everything attacks. So it's like, all right, that's cool. Um, but it, it, like like you're saying, for me, I'm the same way. Classics is my absolute ultimate favorite He-Man line. And so for me, it's like, I don't give a crap about the Origins Grayskull. Give me the Classics one, because that has bells and whistles that has never been done on any other version, including the Vintage. And I'm like, based on, I've never heard of, uh, like, across the board, a lot of bad things being said about Snake Mountain. I've heard of a few things here and there that people were like, well, they could have maybe done this, or they could have done that. There are a few things. Grayskull is the better playset. Absolutely. Well, but I, I, I'm going to say, though, I felt Super 7, based on their track record, actually pulled that across the finish line better than some might have even expected, yeah. possibly. Mm-hmm. 
but and and the thing is you're you're looking at super seven and and for me it's kind of a 50 50 shot are you going to get what you are excited about or are you going to be not as excited about it like anytime it's a female character for instance (laughs) that's where i like i was eyeing up the ultimate the one thing the thunder tank did for me since the reveal is it made me go let me take a look at these figures one more time because I don't love Thundercats, but I actually I I don't mind Thunder. Like I I like them. It's that whole like I like them like a cousin kind of thing. It's like it's they're never going to be the first love, yeah. but there is this tangential thing with them where I can look at it and go, I can appreciate what they tried to do with the story, with the cartoon. And it made me look at what the pre-orders are still alive for and going, do I want to do Tigra? Do I want to do Chitara and maybe Mumra? Because I like that Mumra is like at least a head taller than the others because he should be a massive monstrosity yes. kind of character. Thundercat's <laughs> great. It's it's a great line. Uh, the Thunder Tank looks amazing. And honestly, I, I do believe Super 7 will pull this off. I I think they've delivered more than they've missed at this point. Um, and I, I think they can do it. And if you want a six-inch scale Thunder Tank with all the bells and whistles, this is it. And did they say anything about mm-hmm. electronics in the video? No. They're, the the uh, headlight eyes actually are glow-in-the-dark. They're not mm-hmm. uh, electronic. That kind of surprised me, but it also made me go like, I think that's interesting from a perspective of you don't have to worry about batteries ever in this thing. True. It doesn't make it electronic and have to break down. Um, it's not exactly like if I think of a vehicle, there, there's that automatic. It should be a, a battery powered yeah. deal so you can have the lights activate and all that. But it's like imagine if they did that, then you're going to go five fifty. Well, well, no, I was, kind of, I was kind of hoping that, that was included already. That was some of the speculations. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there's electronics. Maybe it's got, like you said, the light up uh, eyes or the headlights. You know, yeah, or, or even yeah. or even like a little. I don't know. Thundercats just always seemed, if I'm recalling correctly, I never had any of the toys. Like they had like the glowing eyes, and uh, like that was very much a thing. The, and why yeah. doesn't anybody yeah. do light piping anymore? Like light piping is such an easy thing to do where you got the hole you know in the head or wherever you know mm-hmm. the clear or translucent plastic and it gives that glow effect you know i didn't even know that was called light piping okay I think so i, I could be wrong someone correct I, me if i'm uh, wrong but but you know what i'm talking about and nobody does see, that anymore I, I from my personal perspective like i had a when i when i was a kid i had dark side from superpowers and that was one you could definitely do that with and I didn't mind it, but I, I, I don't know. For me, I'm a, I'm a weird person on if something breaks the sculpt just to make a, a feature like that happen, I usually don't like it. And that's just my personal thing. Like, yeah. I want it to just be the character. And, it, like, the original Thundercats, they had those rings that you, you could wear it on your finger. You, you poke it in the back on that little that's what it was, uh, metallic. Rings, yeah. and, and it was, it, it was a battery charge. So you had the battery in the ring. Yeah. And then all you did was connect it to that back metal piece, and then the lights would glow. That's what it was, yeah. And I, I, I didn't mind that more than other things because it was such a small little piece of metal that you were touching on the back of that. But 
at the same time, like it, it's it, they have the um, they're they're sending out the make good pieces right now. Yeah. Like they have a new uh, the the panthro uh, shorts and the jackal man's shoulder area or whatever in the neck area. And in that, they actually have a, a panthro where his eyes are lit up and it's painted. Yeah. So you can have him like he's activated by the Thundercats ho yeah. um, sort of signal and. Yeah, the the sort of omens when, when when Lionel needs help and all that, and I I, I kind of dig that if you want to have him looking like that, you can swap the head and just do it like that instead. Yeah, um, yeah I, I honestly I don't even know why they don't do that anymore though because it is kind of a fun. fun. If if you're not like me it, where you're weird well, about think, it, it is a fun. I think feature. on a vehicle it could be hidden pretty well. I want to say in the Turtles line, the the Playmates uh, Metalhead I think had the same feature, and it. He, yeah, he did. And it, and it yeah. hit pretty well That's with him right. being robotic. Like, it didn't look odd for him to have a little panel, you know, on the back of his head. Sure. So I think in a vehicle, mm-hmm. you could probably get away with it a little bit better than, than like you said, Dark Side having, you know, a weird red blob on the back of his head. Yeah, yeah. I... I actually think that's a great idea for the Thunder Tank. That's what I'm saying. The more the... Just, the since the, I think that would work nicely, you know, yeah. So. But I... I, I don't know the the they didn't even get into that. He just said because Dan asked him about that, and he said, "Yeah, it's it's a yeah. glow in the dark piece, and it's not uh, battery operated or anything." And it's like, all right, you know, it is what it is. It, it, it's it's again for as much frustration as some collectors might have with Super Seven, there is a part of me that goes. But they're still a small company, and they're still trying to do something to make these things appeal and still have a little yep. something extra. It might not be exactly what you want it to be, but that's kind of fun that they're at least going a step or two further. They go, hey, let's make the headlights do something. Yeah. Let's not just make it, here's this painted, you know, the headlight piece oh, or Super whatever. Seven loves their glow-in-the-dark paint. They use, they use it every They do. They <laughs> it's it, that's that's actually uh, I I I have to admit that is actually something I think of when I think Super Seven now it's like they had the uh, glow in the dark uh, the like, the possessed Skeletor or whatever yeah, they, way the, back with the weren't they glow the in the dark terrors. the curse of the three terrors and uh, all that they used it on the yeah. ultimate uh, the Baker head for, with the ultimate He Man um, the eyes yeah that's right they did mm-hmm. the they did the Baxter Stockman. Glow in the dark, and they, Mamra, Mamra, Mamra they, they have the a glow in the dark Mamra. one too. Yeah, um, so that's just it. They, they are honestly, of I wouldn't era, be surprised you know? <laughs> if that. Now that I think about that panthro head that you're talking about, I wouldn't be surprised if those eyes didn't glow when someone turns off. The you lights. know, I, I wouldn't do it then because <laughs> you know my issue with that is like I just bought a toy and I'm scared to go in my basement because panthro might be like the children in that. Damn video again! Oh my god! I just turn around. Oh my god! You know? oh. Especially Panther singing that. That sound like the devil's trying to like <laughs> seduce you now. Holy crap! Right. I'm not worried about cousins now. I'm worried about Panther. <laughs> oh, we're going off the rails. Uh, Super As Seven Matt puts his head on the desk. Ultimates Thunder Tank. Links down below for all the info. Uh, I'm gonna drop a link to that Brian Flynn Pixel Dan video as well. Uh, that I will watch eventually here. All right. <laughs>
<laughs> That'll be our next new segment and for the next episode. Matt's watched the video. Let's talk Let's about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Patreon episode. <laughs> All right. Mad Saki. Mad Saki. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'd hate to ruin your name like you've ruined other things. So for those who don't know, there's this artist. <clears throat> Excuse me, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <clears throat> oh, I didn't want to take this too negative, guys, but this is just... Okay, disclaimer before I get going. To each their own, I am no fine art connoisseur. If you like this art, great for you. Um, jump back with us in probably like 15 minutes because you're not going to like where this is going. <coughs> Excuse me. So... We got this artist named Madsaki. He is a Japanese artist, I believe, who takes things and graffitis them and calls them art. He had this big show, and it was all, uh, like you can see in the picture I threw up on the screen here, he's got this gigantic... Uh, He-Man riding Battle Cat in the vintage-style toy, and he spray-painted all over it. Signs and scribbles, and he blacked out everyone's eyes and put weird mouths on them. Um, he also took a bunch of old mini-comic covers and crudely traced them and crudely colored them in. And this is fine art, apparently. <clears throat> So the fine folks at Mattel then saw this art show and said, we need to make merchandise of that. So among other things, they released a, I believe it's 14 inch tall vintage looking He-Man on Battle Cat with funky colors, almost neonish colors. And spray-painted eyes. And released that through their Mattel Creations banner. Sean, you've been awfully quiet over there. Um, You have... This is like an epic build-up. I don't want to interrupt you until I'm finally <laughs> given a chance. Because... I'm, to, uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not debating this one way or the other until uh, we're done. <laughs> this is also $450. If I had the money to burn, I'm getting a thunder tank. <laughs> <laughs> Hear that, Brian Flynn? <laughs> oh, I'm getting that off the screen. Um, so they released... That that fourteen inch tall set of He Man and Battlecat for four hundred and fifty. They released a set of art prints for a hundred and twenty. They got lunch boxes and T shirts, all for ridiculous prices. I think the cheapest item was like fifty or sixty bucks. And in my humble opinion, it all looks like garbage. And mm -hmm. 
there has, and I think most of the internet has agreed. And we'll get to the, the, the biggest issue, in my opinion, in a minute, but just the Mad Saki stuff on its own. All the stuff Mattel could do, and they see this garbage art and go, we need to do that. Not, let's get Larry Houston to do something, you know, inspi- vintage-inspired for us. Not, you know, let's get some of these great artists around the fan community to do something for us. No, this random artist who spray-painted over their figures, and they're like, yeah! Mm-hmm. Baffling. Yeah, uh, when I first saw that, image the one that you had up i thought it was a joke so did i i truly i i'm like okay so this is take your kid to work day and somebody had a vintage he-man and 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 a battle cat and some kid just decided to go crazy with paint and turn it into this version and i'm like oh that's cute and then it's like that's 450 dollars i'm like uh, excuse me mm-hmm. um i i guess the way the way in I'll say is I I don't like you said I don't begrudge anybody who has a, a knowledge of what they like in art and and a, a knowledge of even you know modern art and what that could be in the art community yeah. I as a, but here here's here's where I know both of us are are coming from about this it's like why yes why why is this even something that's considered versus doing anything else that <laughs> anything. actually might fit the brand because my my biggest my biggest point of contention about it is masters of the universe as much as we love it and as much as other fans out there love this it is not a pop art brand that you it, like it's not something like I, I know there are people out there that they might do like the Superman logo and do something crazy with it. And you could consider it pop art because that character from 1939 or whatever, all the way up to or 29, I guess, or whatever it was, <laughs> when the, the character first came out until now has gone through so many different things that you could do. Here's here's his logo doing something different or the Batman logo or whatever. But when I look at what this is, this – the brand has never been that. And and my biggest problem is the brand – if you t- take the pop culture into it, the brand usually becomes a farce or a parody if you go pop culture with it because people are relying on four non-blondes video, meow, memes, and all this kind of stuff. And they're not looking at it from like the way that the fans would look at it where you're looking at the primal side of it, the adventure side, the – uh, you know the barbarian side like we were talking about just last episode you know and and instead you you get this like okay f- this weird nostalgia that feels like why why are you doing this to this line that it's it, it's it's a part of 80s nostalgia but there's so much more richness to it and then you're letting people do this and saying 450 dollars yeah. and you need to buy it because it's it's now because right. it's, it's, like, uh, it's this yeah. guy. Yeah. And, and, and from and, what I understand, <clears throat> he does have a connection to He-Man. I guess he, when he immigrated to the United States, he watched He-Man and helped him learn the language. Great story. Perfectly fine for an art exhibit, you know, whatever, you know, 
Yeah. Whatever inspires you. And that's great for mm-hmm. him. But for Mattel to go out there and go, yes, this needs to be one of the faces of our brand. Like, we are... Tra- mm-hmm. They're not pushing to get these cartoons out. They're not pushing to get books yeah. out. They're not... They're comics, anything. They're like, no. That artist. Spray-painted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is Makes this going to promote sense. your brand? All you're catering to... Yes, and there probably are a niche amount, a very small number of crossover fans that think these designs look great and want this stuff. But I think for the majority, you're targeting these fine art people who like the artist. Mm -hmm. And how does that help grow your brand, which is supposedly the whole point of Origins, the whole point of everything you're doing now. You had to stop classics. You had to do all this, put the brakes on all this stuff. To start all this new stuff to grow yep. your brand and and this is not going to grow that brand. None of these people are get, that buy these prints or this figure are going to go out and support Origins or support the new cartoons when they come out. Besides those who already were going to anyways. Mm-hmm. You're not giving us the fans anything that they really want. The internet has resoundedly and there are, like I said, there are some people who have said, these look awesome, I can't wait to get them. But for mm-hmm. the majority, from what I've seen, is people mocking it, or being negative, or, you know, <clears throat> not liking it. So... Yeah, and... Go ahead, but they, Sorry. So they released this stuff uh, Wednesday, I think. And it, yeah. it sold yeah. out! Sold out in less than two minutes, Sean. Everything, mm-hmm. everything, every product they had, every Mad Saki product they they had in Mattel Creations sold out in less than two minutes. Can you believe that? What an amazing accomplishment that this stuff is so fan demanded, fan wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two minutes sellout. Less than two minutes, everything sold out. God. Mm-hmm. I was ready to say I was wrong. I was ready to go, well, I guess there is a market for this. I guess I'm the minority. Oh, wait! Renan in the Mattel press release. Everything sold out in less than two minutes. Down towards the bottom. More product available Saturday. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Everything sold out in less than two minutes. How can there be more product available Saturday? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, in Mattel's world, sold out means we pulled the product to make it seem like people wanted it. We're going to release this press release that shows it sold out, but luckily we have more available on Saturday and hope that come Saturday, people will buy it. Mm-hmm. And they did sell some stuff. I mean, I've seen people post that they bought stuff. But, yeah. you, I mean, this is... Even Maddie Collector at least waited, you know, six months or so before releasing the second run of figures. You know, they actually mm-hmm. sold out their whole allotment. They had two minutes sellout, more product available Saturday. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, it's... <laughs> I... I, I just keep scratching my head ever since um, 
ever since they stopped classics. I and I'm like, why? Why are we going the the ways that we're going with this line? And ever since that ended, there's this feeling of they don't know what to do with this, and they're doing everything they possibly. It's the whole spaghetti against the wall. Yes. Throw it. At, keep throwing things. See what sticks. And again, you know, like if I was thinking of a line that you could do something pop culture with where it's modern art, I mean, like I said, you know, DC superheroes, Marvel super Ninja Turtles, I could see all that. That's more modern than a, a barbaric toy line from the 80s, right. you know, and um, I, 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 I keep looking at what they're doing and I'm like, does anybody at Mattel have any concise this is what they want to do. No, like it just it baffles me. And and then, it, like you said, if they if there is a no as that, then how are they expecting this to actually work? And how you know, like we're here as fans, going, wow, it could be like the next generation of masters now and all. And it's like, no, this has a bigger potential to fail. Some it maybe even than two thousand X did, and it's not because of you know, oversaturation of, of the product, the way that they did, it could be now it's, it's just scattershot and it's all over the place. And it doesn't make sense with what the line is supposed to be. And, and the worst part about it is if they would just release a 14 inch tall He-Man on battle cat vintage style without the crazy colors in the spray paint, and put it at four fifty. That would legitimately sell out. I know there's enough fans. Agreed. That would buy that. Yeah. You know they're mm-hmm. releasing those hats with the Masters of the Universe logo scribbled on it. But they would just release mm-hmm. a hat with the Masters of the Universe logo on it. The same one on their Origins packaging. It would sell mm-hmm. out. Yeah. If they 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 were releasing True. lunch boxes. If they released lunch boxes with. To just that logo on it, it would sell out. Sure. It's like, you guys, you are, you're, you're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Mm-hmm. Because you could keep this and, stuff and, in stock and sell a ton of it year round. Yeah. And people would eat it up. But you won't mm-hmm. do that. But you'll do these limited yeah. run pop culture things. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't, it, again the brand doesn't make sense for this at all. Like they had the crystal clear Skeletor. And in that way, well, I'm like, okay, that looks like a stroke of it, genius it, now. I mean, compared it, to this. exactly. No, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like, when you think of, okay, that move was something where it's like, okay, we haven't had a line where the figures have the articulation that they have for this. So the fact that, if you enjoy Origins and you got that figure, you could see the inner workings and go, oh, this is how they engineered it. That's kind of cool. Right. And you could appreciate the the engineering of the figure in, in a really cool way versus, you know, taking the whole thing apart or whatever. Uh, I mean, one of the things about what, what this is, and and we didn't even touch this yet, is the prints that he did – are prints based on actual art pieces that have already been done. It's not like he's doing anything new. He's not doing anything revolutionary. It's basically the equivalent of if I gave my four-year-old a a crayon and tracing paper and said, have fun, he could maybe do kind of what the Madsaki thing is. 
look at it is where the heart and soul of that piece was, which is Emiliano's artwork. And it's it's like so so what your brand is doing now, and this is just my opinion personally about what this this is, this effort is is you want to look at what came before and you want to deface it in order to try to get other people in and do a whole, oh, well, we're just kidding. The brand doesn't really mean that to us. It means this new thing that's, oh, yeah. look how edgy and look how, you know, now it is and all that. And it's like, no, underneath it is actually Emiliano's art. Underneath it is Alfredo Alcala's artwork. And all that they're doing is letting somebody deface it and turn it into some kind of weird street art and I'm sorry, it just – if he was doing his own actual composition, his own artwork to say, here's my take on Masters of the Universe, I wouldn't be nearly as this about it. But it, you know, it's like as, as somebody that does artwork, if somebody did that to something I did, I'd be pissed because I yes. – the, the thing at the end of the day – both the toy line, the original toy line, and any toy line that they've done, as well as the art branding of anything, it was the culmination of hours of manpower, creativity, and talent. Yes. And and when I see what this is, this like when you look at the Emiliano pieces that are beautiful, and They're on the you know he here. took his yeah he he really yeah. and truly did service beautifully the filmation feel and this but is made it his own emiliano's work he didn't yes not, you know he did not copy and paste or any of that he drew these two yes you know obviously an homage to the filmation they're meant to look mm -hmm. like that but they are still and that's where a lot of people are having trouble here they're like well it's it's filmation he-man yes but he drew it he took the time he yes took the energy he drew them. He composed them. He, they are his. No, he can't yeah. copyright the characters, but the pieces are his. Yes. And all Madsaki did was put a piece of paper over it and scribble. Mm hmm. And the colors aren't as vi vibrant or bright, They're and it, it, it's 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 basically like a really, screen. yeah. It, it's it's Ugh. it's like a. What's the thing where you used to like, you had a plate and you put a piece of paper over it and you like rub the side of the crayon. You remember those things? Yeah, it was, uh, I, I don't know, like a, I can't think of the name. They of did it. that in, in Indiana Jones, the, the, the rubbing to get the, uh, yeah, the yeah. Well, thing we, of the, I remember when we were, when we were kids, yeah. my sister had like a set of them where you would do that. Yep. And that's what it looks like. It looks like he just, it, it does. It, it looks like he plate. basically, he did an ink splatter over it instead of a rubbing or whatever. But yeah. <sighs> and it's like, if, if I was Emiliano right now, it, it, and, and if I was, uh, anyone related to Alfredo Alcala, I'd look at what this guy did and go this. No, like, like what, what the, the original people who did those pieces did, it's like that's hours of their life that they put into doing this piece and to making the layout and to refining it to make it look like the style of like in, in Emiliano's case, filmation in Alfredo Alcala, just, you know, his own yeah. art. And, you know, I, I feel like everything about what they're doing, they might think it's modern art. I look at it as it's defacing something that means mm -hmm. something to me and other people. And, if you were, if you commissioned him to do his own art prints, where okay, here's a He-Man art print, 
here's a Skeletor print, and it's in his style, fine. Don't have it be the same exact. I mean, the layout is the exact same layout. It is. as what that, Emiliano did. He didn't even change characters. Like, no, it's, he didn't it's, put Beastman on a different side. It's it is tracing. a tracing. And it's like, and, and like, if I, if I, I got to talk to, um, uh, Masters fan and, uh, customizer extraordinaire the other day, uh, Joe Amato. And, and, no. you know, he, he, he brought it up to me, uh, and I, just to, to paraphrase what he said, if, if he or I or anyone else who's artistic in the community would have done something similar to that, we would have gotten ourselves laughed out of every single group and they would never talk there, to us again. There have been because, people who have, who have done, who have just kind of traced yeah. Emilianos or, or Ed McGinnis or whoever. And yeah, mm-hmm. people just rise up and they're like, that's not your artwork. Exactly. You know? And and but this guy it's like, oh yeah, this is this is amazing. This is great. This is this is fine art. Let me drink yeah. my tea here. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Schmeh, yeah. Yeah, oh. and it it's it really does make me just look at Mattel and go, why? What? Right. You know, like it, none of this none of this makes sense to me. And I don't know what their big picture is. And I don't even know if they know what their big picture is. I feel like everything they're doing right now is, oh, dear God, do everything you possibly can with this brand to make it visible. But no, not by defacing the good stuff that we've grown to love. They don't don't, really have any love or passion or any sort of personal connection to this property other than this is a toy line that can make us money. And and that's what's set like. Okay, five years ago was when I finally said I need to get classics because I have been so tired of missing the boat on classics. And five years ago was also when I realized, holy crap, there's a bunch of Facebook groups that are Masters of the Universe centric. And I really was happy to start joining these communities. And, you know, I part of the reason I did that was because the other stuff that I was really passionately into was corporate. It yep. really was showing how corporate and how little how little my voice and my dollar mattered because it was the machine that was going to go however it wanted to, no matter what. And yes, Masters is a corporate entity. Uh, uh, you know, Mattel is a corporate entity and, and Masters is a brand they create. But at that time, there was still this feeling of you can come home again. You yep. can come to us, and we still have some really great stuff that you're going to love. We have the new classics line, and and you know they 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 were really it, it was like the underground movement. It was like the Rebel Alliance of the here's this toy line that it's great. still going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and now the way that Mattel's doing it, I'm really feeling that it's corporate again, and I'm yeah. really having a hard time embracing anything they're doing with this line because I'm like. But even sorry, like you know, classics did it better. Super Seven has more reverence for what this is compared to what the own home branding, the 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 corporate entity that's supposed to be its home, doesn't get it anymore. Well, that's the you thing. know, the people who are working on this back in the late seventies, early eighties, honestly loved. Even if they didn't love He Man, they loved the genre. They loved they mm-hmm. loved something, and they brought that to it. The Mark Taylors, the Roger Sweets, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know everybody, Alcala, you know, everybody who worked on it back then. Larry Houston, you know, Rob Lane, mm-hmm. they all had a Rudy Larry Abrera. Vitalio, they all had a yeah. passion 
for fantasy, for sword and sorcery, for, for something. And they brought it to it. And that's what's... Even though it was all corporate back then, and it was spurred by a corporate initiative to try and get a boy's toy in the market, they still were like, well, I'm going to take the stuff I like, and I'm going to put it into this brand. Yeah. So they still had that passion, that history. And, and like I said, the current management just sees dollar signs. How can we... We have to hit this sales goal. How do we hit that? And that's all yeah. they're crossing crossing their I's and dotting their T's. That's exactly what yeah. they're doing now. It's it's true, and it makes me, like I said, it, it doesn't feel like home anymore in some ways. And it doesn't mean I'm leaving the communities on Facebook, and it doesn't mean I'm giving up on the brand. Mm. But I'm just looking at these uh, these decisions and just going – this is all so that you guys can justify still holding this this brand in in house, but yep. honestly, like I know Hasbro has had their issues with how the classified line has been, but I mean, at least there's this feeling of they still have a reverence to GI Joe somehow, where they're not turning it into a farce or turning it into what they're doing with this, and I'm like. It might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I feel like that's way more on the the right rails compared to what this is now where Mattel's dabbling in all this artsy stuff. And it's like, that's not what we want. That's not what we need. We want a cartoon. We want a movie, possibly. We want figures that are going to be excited about, you know, we want we want more storylines. We want more comic books that are taking this seriously, you know, and and it just it's all in this weird it feels like it's fumbling constantly to get to the next level versus how, you know, if there's a strategy and you move forward in a, you know, have momentum in that direction. At the end of your, at the end of the day, Mattel, ask yourself, what would He-Man do? He wouldn't rip off. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Under happier topics, we have a giveaway coming up. You want to talk about that, Sean? I'll let you cover that because I just had my rant here. Okay. <laughs> I need I need a moment. I need a moment. I got the power in me. <laughs> Caffeine. Let me see if it's going to completely destroy us. I'm going to try and go live on Facebook at the same time. Just for fun. I think we're live. Oh, no. <laughs> yep, yep. It says we are. All right. What's up, everybody? We hack the system. <laughs> How we all doing today? Give people a second here, see if they... Uh, pop in. We're just in the middle of recording an episode. We wanted to jump on here and... Uh, talk to you guys about the uh, giveaway, the live episode we got coming up. Gather around, gather around. Gather around. <clears throat> Just had an epic rant from uh, Sean there. <laughs> so that was fun. All right. Oh, Manny. What's up, Manny? <laughs> How you doing today, bud? Just about to talk about an announcement we got. We got a uh, live episode coming up this weekend. But before we do that, 
I'm going to go over right now, while I'm live, I started a little contest last night in the group, and I'm going to finish it now. Oh, here we go, because I, I saw that one. I'm going to do it without looking who was the last. All right. Done. Congratulations, whoever the winner was. Ah. So that person who just won, which I guess I can look now, uh, Andrew Bowers. Congratulations, Andrew. You have not only won a Battlecat and Rotan Mega Construct set, but you've also got a point... In our upcoming uh, episode, Joe Amato, you did not win anything at all. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Oh, you. (laughs) You guys. Okay. So, uh, and I know Skelly Vader, he's also got some points already. I think maybe two. I could be wrong about that, though. <clears throat> but yes, this Saturday, we are going to do a live episode. We're going to do a trivia contest for some fabulous prizes. Um, let me show you some of the good ones. Oh. I was just going to actually riff on that and say fabulous secret prizes fabulous were revealed, secret. but then it's like, eh. Well, we, we do can, have some secrets. We can't say that. But I'm, I'm yeah. going to hit the top ones. Uh, so here's what's, here's what's up for grabs, guys. You got Omega Constructs, Panther, and Point Dread set. That'll be one of the prizes. Ooh. Very nice. Well, you can also win your own copy of the Power in the Honor Foundation Catalog Volume 1. Brand new. Unused. Beautiful stuff. Covers Beautiful. All of the... Mm-hmm. A lot of the concept art and everything leading up to the creation and the production of Masters. And I've also got a PowerCon exclusive She-Ra. Wow. Yeah, some good prizes here. Nice. This this is uh, for our one-year anniversary. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to get on. We're going to... Uh... <laughs> Uh, Joe says that he's going to screen cap photos of us, trace them, (laughs) and sell prints for $250. I I think if somebody did that to me, you wouldn't even get two bucks out of it. But hey, (laughs) go for it. See what happens. Go for it, Joe. Uh, Dartboards around the world are waiting. (laughs) (laughs) For me. For me. So yes, this Saturday... Uh, 4 p.m. We are going to get on YouTube. I'm going to create the the link uh, once we're done here. After we're done with this episode we're recording right now. Uh, join us live on YouTube. Answer some questions. Uh, top three winners get to pick these top prizes. And maybe depending on how many people we get, we'll throw away some other, you know, uh, door prizes and stuff. 
we'll just see how it goes. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's our thank you to everybody who has supported us over the past year, over a year now. And uh, it's going to be a fun time. Um, and don't forget, guys, we've also got the 200 subscriber giveaway still going. As soon as we hit 200 subscribers, we'll give away a Power and Honor Foundation book and an Origin Scareglow. And last I looked, I think we were at about 150. So we're we're right there. Um, and just our way of saying we're thanks. There. And we appreciate everybody. But we'll say it anyway. Thanks, and we appreciate you. <laughs> we do. <laughs> All right, guys. So, real quick here before we sign off and get back to finishing our episode, we I'm going to throw out one more trivia question. Whoever is the first to answer this over on the Legends of Grayskull Facebook page gets a point, so you can already have a point going into Saturday's giveaway. Okay, this object is the only object on Eternia that can summon and control the mighty sea demon Bakul. So if you know what that object is, go post it over on the Legends of Grayskull Facebook page. And uh, you've got a point. All right. And if you want to do a video where you actually say Bakul, like Merman, your best mer- feel free. Your best cause... Merman. Look, Sean even gave you another hint already. <laughs> Because every time I hear that name, that's the only person I keep thinking of. It's, oh, my God, the amount of times he said it in that episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to head back. We're going to finish our episode. Stay tuned. We hope you all can join us Saturday. And until next time. Until next time. All right, guys, we're back from Facebook. How are you doing? So I hope everybody can Mm -hmm. join us. Oh, I think Joe's already got it. Well, I would expect nothing less than that from him. The Crimson Pearl. That wouldn't surprise. Absolutely, Joe. The Crimson Pearl. Now you have to do the one thing you hate and give him props. I do have to give him a point. And honestly, I was talking to him this week too, and I told him we weren't going to mention him on the show. So I also. Oh well, I didn't. You didn't tell me that. You told him that because I was. He, what he said though was very relevant in what we were just mm-hmm. talking about, and it's it's so true, and that's why oh, yeah, we were, I'm sorry, Mattel. We this is where you're tripping up. So we were chatting back and forth a lot too. So okay, uh, listener questions. Let's do some listener questions. Listener this questions. Is, this is some fun stuff. All right. So the last time I fielded out uh, listener questions, we had two come in. So we're going to go through there because last episode, our remastering really went, you know, we, we went the distance on the remastering for that one. It's just how it was. So back uh, at the middle of January, when we had the last one, David Clark started off things and said, thoughts about origins at retail in 2021, the new attorney and minifigures and the battle Ram hot wheels toy. Yes. <laughs> you can't do what I do on my other podcast to do that because that's kind of how I am. Okay. We start talking origins, I go, yes. And then I move on from there. <laughs> um, so just, just our thoughts uh, in particular on the origins line? 
Okay, just says thoughts about my my guess is I know I know how he is about this, and it's the idea that now it's at you know everywhere versus it being only at Walmart. Covered that for the most part back when they did when Big Bad in our New Year's episode. Um, Probably. Basically, uh, I'm of the mind it's great that they're coming to every retailer. I hope it helps the distribution for those that want it. And uh, I hope they keep pushing the envelope and trying to give us something a little unique or a little different uh, rather than just complete rehashes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, for me, I I look at it as, hey, if if you're a fan of Origins and you don't want to deal with Walmart, this is the year for you because I have seen them. I was at Target actually just last night and they had Battle Cat, they had Skeletor and they had He-Man right now. And I know they had Panthor recently as well and some stuff. So it's like, okay, you don't, if you're not into Walmart, Target's definitely doing its, its job. But uh, I've mostly only seen Skeletor and He-Man at the Target that I go to. So they're still the evergreen deal. Evergreen. Thank you. You knew where, what I was about to say. Remember. I knew I was going to hear the, the, the wrath well, of the douche if I didn't say, if I said wave one, and, I knew Evergreen was the way to go. And did you see <laughs> that they are, they're still manufacturing them because there are now He-Man and Skeletor coming out with the new mini comic, the, um, was it Double Trouble that came with, uh, yeah, the Scareglow wave? Mm-hmm. Double Trouble. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're, so now you can tell that they're refreshing them. They're actually still making them because it's coming with the newer mini-comic in the package. Someone posted that mm-hmm. the past week. So Okay. Um, That's cool. Well, the Hot Wheels Battle Ram. Yep, sign me up. I've got the Wind Raider. I actually found the Land Shark. Um, mm-hmm. I have actually two Land Sharks. Another Land Shark is going to come in and give away this week. We're going to be doing stuff all week, guys. Stay tuned to the uh, mm-hmm. Facebook page. And I think I'm going to pop live on YouTube once in a while, too, just to give the non-Facebook people... Just to shake it up. Well, give the non-Facebook people a chance to get some points and some prizes beforehand. Um, yeah. Sure. Th- those metal uh, recreations, the Wind Raider Landshark, are amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I, I love I'm that they in. have the box art. Yeah, like, that. that... For me, it's a piece that I'm not ever taking off the card, because that whole presentation gonna... works i have the wind raider hey, Lucas, i haven't found it? the land shark he was here a minute ago i was actually gonna open mine <laughs> hey you want to run upstairs and uh grab the land shark off my dresser hey. i forgot to bring him down oh we're gonna do I an was, unboxing i was gonna open today. <laughs> um what else we got what was the third thing he said the new attorney and minifigures um, as well th- th- i love the minis it's a great line I don't like that they took them out of the the playset clamshell because uh, I was really looking forward to the slime pit. Um, but the card looks cool, so land shark. Um, and I'm really looking forward to getting the the vehicles. They just are releasing the ground ripper and the rotan, so those are really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm all in. The minis and the mega constructs are where it's at for me right now. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna hurt Sean right now. No, you're not hurting me. I'm not. I'm not a. I, I'm not a min on card guy by any means. But 
for me, the Wind Raider, I only found one in the wild. I'm like, I'm keeping that man on card. I'm good to go there. And they but. did they did a good job on him. The the mouth does it it does open. It opens nice. and the guns do the the pivot. The pivoting, yeah. yeah. Nice. I doubt I can get the camera to focus in that small, but it's actually got all the computer you know, stickers like it should. Vintage scaled down there. I mean it's it's a it's a great recreation. Um, looks great. The detailing on it's, I mean, it's perfect. It's got all the, the details and everything, but yeah, these, these little guys are great. I love this kind of stuff and it's, it doesn't take up a lot of room. You can just stick it, you know, wherever and it's good to see sure. land shark finally getting some love because this was one of my favorite vehicles as a kid and, uh, mm-hmm. you don't see it a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about that one, like my favorite vehicles for the villains were actually Spider and Landshark more than Rotom, but Rotom always gets the love. It's like, come on. I had the Rotom. The Rotom was was a good one too. I didn't have Spider, it probably would have been mine. I love that book which that featured Spider, the golden book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just never had yeah. it. Yeah. Um, what about you? Uh, you didn't answer about the minis. I haven't, uh, that's, that's the hardest part about where I am right now is, you know, like I, I haven't gotten into the origin stuff for multiple reasons. The Hot Wheels ones, if I see those, I want to grab them. The minis I have, um, I have He-Man Skeletor and the Slime Pit He-Man yeah. and my kids got their hands on them and I haven't seen them ever since. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm very much like, I don't know how to handle this. If I buy more stuff. Yeah. I don't see it ever again because my kids want to automatically grab it. And then I find it months later in the couch or where, who knows? So I, I like that they're out there. I, I guess the way I am about it is I'm very middle of the road where I go. I'm happy it's there for those who like it. And I don't know if I can do everything there is, but right. I like that there's some, some options for fun. You can have the fun mini figures. You can have an origins figure, which is more traditional. You know, the Hot Wheels ones, that that to me is it, the metal and the fact that they actually let the mouth move up and yeah. down. Are, it, with the Battle Rim, are they going to have it that you can take it, that, like pop the sled off the front? Oh, maybe the sled. Yeah, I thought you were going to say the missile. That'd be cool. I could see them doing the missile or the sky sled coming off. That, that would I kind of cool. want that for that reason if they do it, because that would be, it's like I, it, you, you kind of hope they do. Right. But then when I saw that the mouth's moving, I'm like, ah, maybe they will go there. So. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I've got one uh, from do, YouTube. Do, you do yours, and then I'll, we'll come back to the last one here. Then that's cool. Uh, Jason Havlick. He uh, he asked, "What figures that were were never made that you would have liked to have seen?" I know we've covered variations uh, of this before, but let's throw them out there again. Um. Honestly, for me, uh, most of my stuff boils down to filmation. Especially the villains. Give me Dragoon. Give me Negator. Um, you know, stuff like that. I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. those are my two big ones that weren't made. Uh, Malaktha. Malaktha, I think, should have been made. I, I still can't believe that Classics never got the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, like, I, I always go back to Classics because that's always my happy place. And for me, the number one will always be 2000X Prince Adam because yeah. he is my absolute favorite version of Prince Adam. I love that he looks starkly different from He-Man. 
and it, it makes the transformation even more interesting in that way. And it makes it less obvious that, oh, he, Adam's not here, but he may, you know, it, it just, it always had a better feeling to me. And then um, when it comes to other ones, I, well, I, I never made, because technically 2000X Adam did have a 2000X thing. was made, so never, never, never made. made. Uh, let's see. Oh, I should have looked at that question before we got <laughs> recorded because now I'm like, what? The? And three hours of sleep's going nowhere. I'm, I'm feeling it already. <laughs> um, honestly, okay, never made. There, there are f- creations that have shown up in things since, um, since the lines have ended mm-hmm. that I actually would love to have. Like to be honest, I, I'll I'll represent for a friend of the show. Uh, Crimson Countess, I think, would be great. She was never made. I mean, she's a newer character, but she was never made to this point. And in my opinion, having having like a woman or a female figure who's a powerful female figure like that, that's like Shakoti level to me of I'd love that representation on my shelf and and put her in the in the mix. Uh, Dragoon is one that when I was a kid, yeah, I would have loved to see him. And, uh, oh, um, uh, we talked about it early on in our, uh, in our show, as in like early in the early episodes, the, the fire people in, uh, the, uh, what's the episode curse of the spellstone. One of your absolute favorites. I would have absolutely loved translucent versions of those guys, especially in classics books. Those would have been amazing to get. So yeah, that right off the top of my head, that's that's what I can think. So of. many options. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and what kills me, I, I'm I was listening. Um, I like when I work, I usually listen to um, toy videos, yep. just because it's my happy spot. And it makes me want to go and visit my toy toys downstairs and everything. And every time I listen to uh, the Spectre creative ones, and he always talks about we were scraping the bottom of the barrel and there was no more money for it. You know, the, the interest wasn't there for some of these. Other, I'm like, are you sure you talk to the right people? Because there's still a huge amount of stuff that if you would have brought it out, I guarantee you it probably would be sold, you know, and like there's certain ones that if you didn't have it when you were a kid, I guarantee you people would have been like, Dude, I want that because I never had it when I was a kid and I was watching the show, you know? Like, I don't you know. You just... And beasts. Uh, other beasts and monsters, like we would talk about, too. Would have been you cool. just gave me... I, I know exactly what our first Patreon episode is going to be, Sean. You're welcome. It is. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not going to... Our Patreon's out there if you want to go search it out. I'm not going to actively promote it again until we actually get at least one episode on there because I feel like there needs to be something on there to start with. I was thinking about that the other day. But, all right, guys, here you go. If you're interested, our first Patreon episode is going to be uh, my uncensored thoughts on Spector Creative, the YouTube channel. <laughs> I have been quiet whenever that is brought up. So, and yeah. with our Patreon, we're going to try and it's going to be some stuff that you won't get to see on the show proper. And there's going to be a little more freedom and a little more relaxedness. So, <laughs> um, I'll let y'all know once but, that gets up. But 
that that will definitely be our first patron. Put the kids to bed and stay <laughs> up late for that one, folks. <laughs> All right, we're, we're we're legends up at night. <laughs> legends late at night. All right, last question. What we got? <sighs> last question is from Skelevator. Yeah, he's a good guy. And. The way this printed out, because I can't look at it on my phone and record at the same time, it's a little weird, so give me a sec here. He, he says, I'd love to hear your opinions about the potential animation style or styles of the forthcoming Master uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation series on Netflix. During PowerCon 2020, I heard Kevin Smith state that the series will begin where the Filmation series ended. <laughs> This means to me that the characters will be animated in a style similar to Filmation. However, the series is being promoted as Netflix anime. Then I also heard, and I can't remember who said this, that the animators have taken an inspiration from the vintage toy box art, which made me very happy. What aesthetic realistically are you guys expecting to see represented on the screen when Revelation premieres? Realistically, uh, look at um, Blood of Zeus and Castlevania, and that's gonna be your style. I mean, that's that's what they've done, and from and I haven't watched either series, but looking at images from the series, they are both very similar in style. Um, I expect to see, yeah, it's pro it's gonna be a darker tone as they are a little more muted, and it and I think. Maybe even inadvertently, it will take you back to that early box art. You know, the the grimmer, the darker. Um, don't don't expect filmation. And he's and Kevin has backed off from that. Finally, in the re more recent interviews, he's finally stopped throwing that filmation continuation out there. He, I think he got yelled at by somebody because for a while there, he <laughs> was riding that heavily. You know, oh yeah, it's next episode of filmation, continuation of filmation, and. The, um, I think finally he realized, oh wait, no, it's, I'm, I'm not getting my point across. I think what, mm -hmm. what he's trying to say is you're going to, it's going to feel He-Man. It's going to feel like you're like, like we said before earlier with the Mansaki stuff where we're going, what is this? You're not going to feel that with this new episode of the show. You're going to jump into Revelation and it's supposed to just feel like going home. It's supposed to feel like, oh, here's a He-Man. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, as far as animation style, I think you just look at Blood of Zeus, Castlevania, and uh, maybe they might brighten it up a little bit because, I mean, Masters is, you know, even with the grim and dark, it's still got very bright tones as well. But uh, mm -hmm. for the most part, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, they're going to stick with their animation that they, they're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they there's another series, and I always forget the, the name of it. Um, it was on Netflix as well, um, and it's about I think it's like three three kids who are trying to avenge their martial arts master, and there's this uh, drug lord they're fighting against, and that one I feel might be probably more the style we're seeing than even Castlevania, which Castlevania leans really heavily anime. The other one that I'm talking about, um, it actually has 
a little more of like a, it straddles the line between anime and uh, and like American looking animation to an extent. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I when when they said that about it, they're going to take inspiration from the box art for me being who I am, that made me get giggly because I I really hope that there is a feeling of like a Rudy Obrero influence to the mm-hmm. maybe the backgrounds and stuff. But yeah, I, I've, I'm the same way where I look at it. It's like, okay, Castlevania, Blood of Zeus, the, the other uh, series, the martial arts series that I'm talking about, I feel like those, if you look at those, that's kind of their house style. Right. And I know they have different styles in the, they, they had like a promotional role they were putting out there to show all the different things that they do. But I think that's going to be your working style, maybe a little less anime and from what I understand, the branding of Netflix anime isn't implicating that it's Japanese animation is going to just look like an anime show. It's the idea that's the overall umbrella of anything that they do animation is just Netflix anime. I could be wrong, but that's well, yeah, what I, think, I understood I it think as. It's Some, their, somebody said that. Their animation for adults, I think. They're, put, they're yeah, lumping yeah. it all under anime just to kind of mm-hmm. distinguish it for their categories. And so it doesn't pop up mm-hmm. on the, you know, the kids' feed. Because, again, they've, they've said that this will not be for the kids. You know, whether yeah. that means yeah. blood, violence, uh, language, I don't know yet, but... Yeah, it's they have commands that you know, like this is this is for us adults that have grown up with the brand, not the new mm-hmm. generations. So, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, thinking about it, the initial image, which I know we've seen <laughs> how many times now, yeah, and it's like that. I feel like it, the the show is just going to be almost the end credits of filmation, where we're going to get that shot. They're going to narrate it. And then the, the credits roll, and then we move to the next step. That's yeah. the I. I'm not trying to lose hope, but I'm just at the point of the, like throwing things at the wall about this show. Like I don't know what to expect, and I know we have been waiting. Yes, we. Have. And we're still waiting, and and it's like you know, it's it's almost like a hot topic thing of you know, what can you say that hasn't already been said? But everybody wants something about this. But if if the style might be even close to that look for backgrounds, at least. I'm going to be a happy camper because when they revealed that I, I was sitting there with my jaw on the floor going, yeah. they're going to like some visuals where I'm excited to see this final, you know, and um, yeah, that's the, so crossing the fingers on that one. That's the color palette they use, you know, the darker stuff. I'm okay with that. I, I think it could go really mm-hmm. well as long as the key is just keeping it, keeping it foreign, you know, making Eternia a different place and, uh, just stay true to the characters. At the end of the day, that's what it is for me. It's all going to be, it's going to make or break in the story. It can look as pretty as it wants. Yeah. But if it doesn't feel like masters, then you know, who cares? Well, I, I think it's safe to say out of anything that they have right now, including origins, I think the amount of expectation of this more than anything that they're throwing at the fans this is the make or break it thing, yeah, no matter what. Because so. if this does not resonate with people, they are going to be ex- they're going to be pissed that two years of their lives yep. have been waiting for this. And if it doesn't fire properly, and that's not me trying to heap more on no, Kevin Smith's shoulders or whatever. It's just what we're talking. This episode by accident ended up being us kind of talking about. 
how is this supposed to work mm-hmm. for the fans? Because I feel like the fans aren't as much of a thought as however way, way they can promote this is how they're going to do it for like the Madzaki stuff right. and how Mattel's thinking is. And Mattel has such a tight lip on this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that there's a part of me going, I'm hoping that means that they're really doing everything that they can to make it great. The other part of me is like, I hope they're not just, you know, I hope they don't think the fans aren't going to be a factor in this. And they're trying to appeal to everybody too. You know, like now Kevin Smith has gone on record. Oh, it's, you know, you're going to love it. It's the fans, the fans, the fans. But I am a little more nervous with some of this stuff and their decision-making lately to go like, but what fans are you hoping for? Are you hoping for us? Are you hoping for new people that don't know this as well as we do or whatever? Right. So, yeah, Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's <laughs> I I'm I I I would love to be able to say, hey, next week we're gonna see the teaser trailer. At least we got something coming, you know, but no, we don't even have that going well, for know, us yet. It, it should it's gotta yeah. be soon, right? I mean unless unless everything went off track, but even towards the end of the year, you know, Kevin Smith was looking at animatics. He I think the first episode he said was almost done. It was even past the animatic stage. Um, yeah. and don't forget there's that DC tie-in comic We, the solicitations for that have yeah. to be hitting soon because even if you're looking mm-hmm. at a fall release and I don't know, figure there's got to be at least three issues right you, I mean maybe two I mean if you're looking at some go ahead well, I was just going to say minimum of two because he did say a lead in series which means it's not just a oh. one shot, unless he. Well, that's what I. I was I was going to say in some cases, like with the Marvel movies, they'll put out like a one shot, yeah. so that you get like the basics leading into a movie if you want to read that. And so there was a part of me going, maybe that's what they're doing here, no, and he, that he specifically solicitation said wise, you know. So okay, well then. I yeah, figure you're going to need to me three issues yeah. minimum to make a series, but I guess technically two would be, you know, a series. Very many series. Very, very <laughs> many series. But yeah. you figure, I figure at the latest an August drop on this show. So mm. then two issues that still put you July, you know, June, which means actually they come out, you know, the hit shells May, June with the, how the comic world works. Mm-hmm. So I mean that those, but, those solicitations have to be coming. <laughs> the it, I, I when I used to work at a comic shop, I want to say the solicitations usually were in three months. Right. It was three months out. That's what I'm saying. So, so January, if, February, it, April you know, should already be out. Pro- probably, I was going to say maybe March yeah. would be the beginning of us hearing anything about that comic tie-in then so i don't know yeah at, i at mean the we're, we're here tomorrow is february That's, so exactly. you know, we're here you know like we we have a chance of seeing more of this which is a good thing finally yep. but yeah sooner, I, sooner I'm rather than later <laughs> yeah yeah and if it goes darker going back to his question if it goes darker with the style i'm actually in yep. completely because that I've always wanted to see a darker version of it personally, even when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. if they're going to give me something I haven't seen, but yet it still feels right. Yeah, I will. I will come on here as giddy as whatever. And I will be thrilled to rant yep. for hours about how I, I have gotten this and it's amazing. <laughs> and all this. 
So look forward to that where I'm, I'm just going to you know, like I'll fall off my chair. My my legs will be sticking up and Matt's going to have to cover yeah, the rest of the that, episode because I knocked myself out. And I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think that's a show. I think we got it. That is a show. So <laughs> one, one last uh, trivia here before we sign off. I love giving these points away. Uh, <laughs> I feel like my co-host is the Riddler sometimes. <laughs> Riddle me this, fans of Masters of the Universe. All right, I'm going to read you this bio from the Character Guide and World Compendium. Uh, same rule, the first person who posts on our Facebook page and gives the correct character name gets a point. So you can go into this weekend's episode already up. This character was a dangerous being and a former acquaintance of Skeletor who assembled an army of warriors from throughout space and time. He used his meek appearance to great deceptive effect, and even Skeletor feared his powers. So if you know who that is, go post, win a point, join us on Saturday, get some more points, and... Take home some fabulous secret prizes. Bing, bang, boom, bibbity, bibbity, babada. All right, Sean, you got anything to wrap us <laughs> up with? I am good to go. I'm glad we got through the questions, and yeah, yep. happiness ensues. Absolutely. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. Make sure you hit those buttons down below, especially at subscribe. Ring that bell so you get notified, because we are going live this next weekend. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and until next time. Until next time.